think it was one of you guys that was telling me something pretty sobering the other day that suicide is the second leading cause of death among young men, millennial men. Yeah, and that's only in the United States where suicide is actually at a 30-year high, the highest since some of the outcome of the Vietnam War. Mm. And in Great Britain, it's not only the leading cause of death for millennial men, it outranks the next three combined. That is super sobering to think about. Something's going on in your peers and in your generation. And we want to hear some more about that because we have a heart for them. Friends, welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. John Eldridge and Alan Arnold here today, kind of interviewing my sons, Sam and Blaine Eldridge, about some new projects that we have going on, and particularly around their podcast. Some of you might be familiar with Anne Sons Magazine, which we've been publishing for several years now, an online magazine for young men that we actually discovered young women and older folks are enjoying as well. Beautiful magazine, really well written. And then recently, the new development is the Ansons podcast, which is a, an effort to, to speak into some of the tragedy that we were, we were just discussing. So tell me a little bit about why the podcast, where did that come from? What's behind that? Yeah, not only do those statistics and that culture, this presence of depression and suicide is something that is super prevalent, but there's also a need as young men in our culture and, and a real lack of understanding of good and helpful information and good conversations and good, I think, even self-identity about young men. There's a lot of things that are being said and been said that end up just kind of adding to the, the fog. Uh, Millennials get ripped on a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And it's been a fun thing to do for every generation to rip on the next one. So in that respect, I don't think we're that different. Yeah, We've been doing the magazine for three years and we, and we found that we actually wanted a way to offer uh, different and weightier and yet also more playful content as we dive into that world. For example, the economic downturn, we were having a Fascinating conversation about that several weeks ago about how right as the big recession was hitting was going to affect the job market and the financial reality that young men would be entering into. That's exactly the kind of thing that Sam was just talking about of naming some of the uniqueness about a young man's experience. And it was estimated that there would be 20 years of relative wage loss. But in many ways, that's optimistic because the comparable financial downturns that happened in the 80s and 90s, especially the 80s banking crisis in Japan, the generation that was entering the workforce at the time of that downturn never actually recovered. And we're seeing the consequences of a new kind of economy playing themselves out in a young man's experience, difficulty of chasing dreams, difficulty of finding meaningful work. And we knew that in our podcast, we needed to address those uniquenesses uh, in very particular ways, giving them keys to understanding both their work and success and also the millennial economy in a way that might help them navigate a little bit. What do you find that some of the biggest questions even are when these millennials come to the podcast? What are they wanting to hear? What are you wanting to share with them? It feels like people end up asking a lot of questions around areas of their life like money and work and relationships. And to me, those almost feel like 
tier three, like that's the fruit of some decisions I've been making and some assumptions you've been living out of uh, that are tier one, tier two type stuff. So we get a lot of those questions of like, ah, you know, I'm wrestling with my life. I'm wrestling with direction. I'm missing friends. I want to be accomplishing my dreams. And I think a lot of people want to jump to, okay, great. If you want to accomplish your dreams, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And, and what we wrestled with in crafting the content of this podcast is let's back things up a bit. Let's begin with this sort of self-understanding. We keep playing around to just drop some hardcore data on us, uh, our little Jeopardy guy over here. <laughs> Was that was that uh, patronizing enough for you? No, you're good. Somebody, <laughs> somebody has to fact check when you're working with Sam. <laughs> um, so there's this posture of like, if something is true, and if this something in our case is ability to be in relationship with Jesus and operating in redemption, then what are the fruit of that? And the fruit ends up being questions like money and relationships. And when we dive into that stuff, we're young dads, we're married, you know, just a couple of years. And so those sorts of stories come very up. Very successful writers. Very, very successful. <laughs> yes. Just have to share all our, all our tips and tricks. Yes. So money, work, success, big questions for young men. I, I personally know a number of young men wrestling with that. So as we play these, we're going to play some snippets today. Kind of put yourselves back in your 20s. Put yourselves back in, in the story and remember what it was like to be wondering about career and, and success. And I think you can get a feel for how helpful this is going to be. I think our definition of success uh, needs to be, it demands to be just wider than our paycheck. And yet uh, it's easy to feel that at this stage in life. Like, man, I mean, I, I can say it. And then I also feel the same pull. Like I said these words the other day, um, when we were thinking about my wife potentially not working and going to a, a single income household. And I thought to myself like, oh, that's totally fine. I just need to make twice as much as what I'm making now. <laughs> yes. Like that was, that was my obvious security. And there's a ton there to be unpacked in regards to like what's being a good steward of my kingdom. Yes. And what's, grasping and trying to like make sure everything goes okay like can i have 10,000 in my emergency savings do we have you know x number in our retirement by our the end of our 20s and like all of that can feel like where's the difference between like wisdom and, and grasping is is really murky and we don't that's a yeah. rabbit hole that we can stay away from because i do like i want to come back to even outside of work and even outside of paycheck like what is the effect of the world when you enter into it what I like about that soundbite is it immediately identifies not just hard choices. I mean, right, if you want your wife to stay at home, you can't double your salary overnight probably. So how do you navigate that? But also to go back to your tier one, tier two, tier three comment, it's disruptive because it doesn't just involve money, but it involves, well, what's God leading me into? And the counterintuitive nature of following him in a way that isn't just maybe the dollars and cents on a budget. Yeah, absolutely. And we were really diving into that podcast of trying to change our definition because it sometimes it can feel like, are the lights on? Are there groceries in the fridge? And is there gas in the tank of the car? Therefore, I must be successful. And to go like, you can do have all those things and still be totally miserable. And what do we do with that? Like when we've 
We are doing like low level jobs, which are sometimes all we can get. I mean, the success podcast was again, like that tier one thing, kind of trying to reorient and Blaine brought up some fantastic stuff that we hint there at the end, the question of what happens to a world when you enter into it? Like that's a much better question Mm -hmm. than how do I make more money? And what I appreciated in that, that particular episode too, is you guys are driving into deeper issues of identity. What, what does it mean to be a son? What is it, you know, who am I and how do I not let the world shape that and say, well, you're a millennial, so you're lazy, you're a loser, you, you want your life easy, you know, just all that accusation that after a while, that stuff, whether you agree with it or not, it begins to shape your identity, right? Yeah, it really does. There's a quote from Tolstoy that Sam likes to bring in sometimes, which is everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one wants to change themselves. And if you're going to address success, if you're going to begin with your own work, there are core assumptions about your identity in the world that need developing, uh, that need investment and cultivation, because it's really interesting, but if you swing the other way and you go into defiance, you end up in as bad a place as if you embrace just the, I guess I'm a lazy loser. And so we're trying to find this middle road uh, or this third way that keeps the identities of sonship, masculinity, young man adventuring intact, while also offering some specific points of discipleship and maturation in the rhythms of your life that young guys will hopefully be able to walk out. And not just young guys. I mean, what you're saying appeals to me. I'm 51. And just the whole thought of, yeah, the choices I'm making even at this age uh, kids' school choices, my wife staying at home, compared to other 51-year-olds, it's easy to go, how do they have an abundance of financial means in these ways and we don't? But when you go back to core identity and, and sonship, whether you're 27 or whether you're 51, I, that's why I think this podcast is one all men, all women will enjoy listening to because it, it spans millennials and everyone else. I think there's a lot about the millennial world that we have not understood with compassion. You know, we've seen the videos going around, we've watched the quick little clips, we've heard the statistics, and we've let, I think we, speaking of my generation, the baby boomer generation, we've let it shape our perception of what millennials face and what they're dealing with. And actually, we're pretty ignorant. Another conversation that we were having was around what was it like to be the generation that was so marketed to and the generation that was kind of the first generation to experience the explosion of investigative journalism and, hey, this is false, and hey, this is exposed, and hey, you know that company that you thought was so great? They're destroying the environment, and that politician that you thought was so wonderful, guess what? You know, they were hiding funds in South American countries, and it's just one exposure after another after another. And what does that do to a people group for whom, you know, that was the world into which they were introduced. Because by way of comparison, you know, I got to see the lunar landing, right? And, and if we, that was true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait, wait, did I just commit yeah, the thing yeah, that you were? You just committed it. I mean, it totally is. It's something that we have to wrestle with. I think I go pretty quick to pushing back on all that data and all that disparaging. It's really just uncreative. When you look online, like there's a lot of, you know, stereotypes that you can make fun of, man buns, yoga pants, lattes. And it's like, good job. You know tropes. Well done. Yeah. Uh, can we, let's take this thing deeper. Yeah. And yet, I think that we have to also be honest and, and sit with the things that are true. Um, not all of it is, and, and yet 
some of it and some of it like that is really foundational. We've talked about just the, the rubble of the, um, the postmodern world and, and really, I think I've used that phrase a lot and not totally understood what it meant and its implications. And so we dive into that in one of our podcasts to, to sort through things like, what if nothing can be trusted? Mm-hmm. What if no choice is better than another? Um, and, and what does that do to a people group? I mean, what does it do to you right now? Right. To, for, for today. Oh, it's devastating. Yeah. It's just devastating. And I think that's something that we've wanted to wrestle with in, in fighting that is this podcast that we're doing isn't just Blaine and I as fun and playful and kind of an investigative journalistic as we can be. Um, we also want to be pulling in um, some interviews from people who are sages or talented in their field uh, for a variety of reasons and ask them questions, both like, what was it like for you in your 20s and how did you get to where you were? And, and not pretend that we want to be figuring this out on our own, which, you know, harkens back to Killing Lions, harkens back to the foundation of Ansense Magazine. Like this is a, a core assumption that we're making is that kind of the sonship piece, we don't have to figure it out on our own. So why would we try to do that with a podcast? It's one of my core assumptions that the best thing you can do for a young man is to put him in the company of older men. And you guys are trying to do that on your show as well. Describe the Mark Evans podcast. Yeah, so interviews this season with a range of fascinating people from professional uh, Olympic rock climbers to artists in the case of Mark Evans. And Mark was fascinating. He's a professional artist. He has a long story of pursuing a craft that for almost a decade, people actually didn't believe was possible and think that this kind of leather etching could be done in a photoreal style. But he also has a story with God that is just off the main page enough to be fascinating. It gave us some extended illustrations of visions that Jesus has spoke to him with and uh, times that he's felt uh, Jesus kind of commanding him or inviting him to do pretty bizarre things. So just want to roll a little clip for you of Mark Evans on the defiance needed to stay an artist long-term. That was a really interesting time, kind of a difficult time, but also my heart was so alive, you know, every day. Um, so I just had no money, um, newly wed, um, trying to support a wife. And, and yet there was this crazy dream in me that, um, I just believe I saw the invisible. I I knew it was possible somewhere deep inside me. I knew it was possible. And yet people around me were saying, you can't offer clients something that you don't know that you can do, but somewhere deep, I'm, they hadn't seen physical evidence that I could do it, but somewhere deep inside me, I knew I could. It was just having enough breakthrough moments. Um, I think, you know, being an artist, there's always that, um, you, you have to kind of learn to reject rejection. So I'm, you know, I remember even meeting ex-girlfriends where you turn up on the doorstep where it's the night where you've got to meet their parents, you know, it's like the big night or whatever. And uh, you walk in, oh yeah, I'm Mark. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And then oh, what do you do, Mark? Oh, I'm an art student. You can sense that kind of the horror, like the color just fall out of their face, like get rid of him. (laughs) So you've kind of had this, there's this internal kind of intestinal fortitude you have to develop, I think. And it says in Revelation that you're, you know, we're not allowed to add or take away from any words in the Bible. But there's um, there's that little bit where Jesus says, I want you to be as shrewd as a serpent, but as, and as gentle as a dove. And in my version, I've wrote, and you need the skin of a rhino. 
Um, because I think in, in order to kind of combat the, the world, you just have to be so thick-skinned um, and just kind of, you know, it's literally getting knocked down again and again and again and just getting back up and just getting back up more times than you get knocked down. But there's this kind of deep, burning passion that I, I, I could see the invisible, you know? I'm thinking about my 20s right now and that the ethos of my era was, get out there and do it, Tiger. Go for it. You're on your own now. And not having older voices like that. Like, just to have somebody say, you need intestinal fortitude and the skin of a rhino. Like, that would have been really helpful. For- <laughs> I love that moment. You know, they say you shouldn't add any words to the Bible, but eh, here I go. <laughs> And yet those words are very kind, right? Because he's yeah. speaking as, you know, if you're pursuing your dreams, it's going to be hard. And and speaking from experience and not just some sort of platitude that's not, that's not helpful, but... Yeah, it makes me think of, we invited JD and Bart to come in to the studio and we wanted to have a conversation with them around money and running businesses. And there's some great stuff in there. But one of the fascinating moments was actually after we hit stop on the recording and Bart kind of looks around and goes, well, you know, I, I hope that's helpful to someone. And JD's response was pretty sober. It was just, you know, I'd give anything to have someone have said that to me in my 20s. That's the ethos of the Ansons podcast. I'd give anything to have someone say that to me in my 20s. Last week's was killer. And before we wrap up this podcast, I want you guys to talk a little bit about um, why you brought Sam Jolman on. And you're going to share a piece of that. Yeah. So we actually asked Sam to write for us for our winter issue of Ansons, and he ended up tossing us an article that was titled, Men Need Romance, Not Just Sex. And for obvious reasons, you know, that article shot to one of our top articles, and he begins with a definition that is, romance is the adventure of loving a person. And there was enough, there were enough one-liners in the conversation like that, that we just call them up and ask, will you just come in and have a longer conversation around how does a man actually develop his sexuality? Because you're talking about it in terms of his masculinity. And then you also have this thing thrown in there about knowing the territory of your own soul as the gateway into being to know a woman's soul. And it was just phenomenal. So we'll roll a little section here, but this whole episode is worth a listen. What I would ask is, what were the things that the father needed to develop in you in order to be someone who could relate with Amanda? Well, I think first of all, um, is simply the awareness of my own heart, um, that I have a heart, that it is on a journey. You know, maybe it begins with a kind of self-care, strangely. Um, In other words, it wasn't that I went and read a bunch of books and, you know, learned what romance is. It, It was far more her questions to me of, hey, you're really good at making out with me. Uh, I don't know where this relationship is going. It begged the question of where am I going? And, or at least that's where it took me of, I don't know where my life is going. And that cascaded into other questions about just the journey of my own heart. And so to some degree, it began with just simply... um, beginning to attend to my own heart and its journey from there. So I took this year off of dating and, and broke up with Amanda, broke her heart and said, basically, you know, I acted like the man 
but I can't be the man. You know, I've been dating you, but I can't, like, I can't do this. Um, I don't actually have yet what it takes to go further. And so we broke up for a year and I lived in this house with four other guys. And um, I make a joke that I saw maybe two other women that whole year. So largely it, it, it was an investment in cultivating um, a lot of relationships with men and, and really just asking lots of questions about the journey of um, becoming a man, spent a lot of time with God. So there was a lot of movement towards my own heart for a long season, which let me then have an awareness that she has a heart. Right after air, that was one of the few that a buddy who I didn't even know listened just texted me just the phrase, Sam Jolman interview, period. You guys might be onto something here, period, where there is something that was <laughs> really connecting with the people that we're hoping it's going to connect with. Yeah, sure. Hope it does. It, it definitely feels that way. I've had conversations with several people who are listening to it now and, and referencing just moments from within podcasts. And the guys that I've talked to are tracking with it. They're loving it. There's this almost the way that you feel when you taste fresh air again, where you go, oh, thank you for naming something true about what I've been experiencing. Yes. Um, I think there's a lot of young men and women, but this is specifically geared towards young men, that you just live with this exhaustion of not being named well and still not being sure how to step forward. Right. And so I think to name someone well, to name their experience, to name the things they're wrestling with, to name their identity well, is this like, oh, this massive relief of, thank you. Mm. And now I feel like I can actually begin to see the forest again mm -hmm. and to begin to move through it well. And that's one of the things that we hope this podcast will accomplish. I get the feeling as I watch the world interact with and, and characterize and ignore millennials, I get the feeling, even as I talk to some of my peers, that it almost feels like people have given up on the millennial generation, that this is the generation that just isn't going to quite make it. Can't get them to go to church, can't get them to commit to anything, can't sell our products to them. They, they won't, they're not joiners, they won't join anything. They're just so elusive. And then, of course, all the caricatures of, and they're lazy and they're entitled. And I think we're just going to kind of have to wash that generation. Am I wrong in, in picking that vibe up? Not at all. I mean, there's... Uh, I forget the demographic, but in Japan, there's literally the lost generation, and they're just the generation that's been plugged into technology and and been lost by video games and online messaging and basically living your world online. And so it doesn't perfectly line up with the millennials and certainly doesn't perfectly line up with our experience here in the West. But I think there's a similar sentiment that I've experienced, at least. I was reading about you know, the global bodies that determine fashion, the WGSN, for those who are interested in checking that out. And it was just interesting to see that they're actually focusing on Generation Alpha right now. And that's interesting because that generation doesn't even exist yet. But part of the reason is that millennials are so hard to get, even to get to purchase something, uh, to, to participate in a movement that even large-scale corporations are going ahead and bracketing and dismissing the generation, which from our perspective just shows how high the stakes really are for a young man. Of, exactly. There's a very real risk of kind of uh, sliding through life and 
never in a real sense rising to the occasion or uh, experiencing that power of vocation. And that's something that we're positioned to invite out of. So how do listeners of the Ransomed Heart podcast find you guys? Where do they go to get the podcast? You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, Overcast. Yeah, those sorts of subscription managers. Otherwise, you can also go to ansonsmagazine.com slash podcast, and you can find all our episodes there and subscribe there as well. So there's the mission, folks. We wanted to share it here on the Ransomed Heart podcast, but we do have a heart for the millennial generation, and we don't want to just join the rest of the crowd and say, well, I guess they're kind of a wash. That's sort of the lost generation. Too bad. Let's move on. That's not right. The redemption of the kingdom reaches even them. And so Ann Sons Magazine, Ann Sons Podcast, um, wanted to make you all aware of it, both as older folks, which is a lot of our demographic, although we do have a lot of millennials that listen to us. So hope you found this helpful today. But also tell the folks you know, tell the millennials you know, both young men and young women, about the Ann Sons Podcast. They're going to really love it. You've been listening to the Ransom Tart Podcast with Alan Arnold, John Eldridge, and my sons, Sam and Blaine, talking about the Ann Sons Podcast. Podcast.